Hello and welcome to The Widow Podcast. I am your host, Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I am a widow, a mum, a health coach, a life coach and grief coach. I want to help you see that you really can create something truly meaningful after loss. You have everything you need within you and I want to help you find it so you can see how capable and amazing you really are. Helping you find a more positive way through your grief. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Widow Podcast. It's so lovely to have you here with me again. I really appreciate you coming and listening to me talking about all things grief, loss and widowhood. And this week, I thought it would be good to talk about dating. It kind of follows on nicely from last week's um, conversation topic episode on intimacy, the loss of intimacy. And my God, did that bring up so many conversations. Um, I've had so many comments, so many emails, so many messages in, in my DMs about how people feel around the loss of intimacy with their partner, it really just highlights how little it is talked about and how much people want to talk about it, want to feel less alone in that and share what they're feeling, what they're going through. Because it's huge, it's absolutely huge. You know, we we do thrive on, on human touch and intimacy. And, you know, at the end of the day, our basic role on this earth is to procreate, isn't it? You know, like fundamentally... That is what we're here to do. And of course, in order to do that, we have to have urges and desires and, and feelings to kind of drive us to do that. So it's it's an innate desire within us. And when we meet someone we love and we experience that intimacy, that connection, that love, it just leaves such a huge void within us. So I kind of thought it'd be really good to just talk a little bit about dating and entering the dating world. I get asked so much, when? When is the right time? When are you allowed to go on a first date? And do you know what? I'm not going to say that there's an ideal time because I don't think there is one. And I think I have met people on my journey that have been out and met someone within weeks, months after their person dying, I have also met people that have vowed never to to meet anyone and go on a date again. So it's all very individual. And what I really love to say to people is, you're going to do this in your own unique way. It is personal to you. And what is right for you won't be right for another. It never is. And I did a lot of this in my journey. You know, I, I would kind of meet fellow widows that had lost their person and had met somebody else. And I wanted to know exactly when that happened. How did they meet their person? When did they meet their person? And when did they know it was serious? And when did they get remarried? Because in my head, I was trying to figure out when it would happen for me. Because if it happened for others at that point, then it would happen for me. I personally knew very early on that I didn't want to be on my own forever. You know, I wanted to find love and connection and happiness with somebody else again. Because for me, I just truly believe that life is better shared. It is. And it wasn't that I was kind of like, oh, Simon's gone. Who's next? But I just I knew I wanted to eventually. Um. And some people don't have that feeling 
immediately and that's okay too you know some people are like oh I don't ever want to meet anyone again um so you know we're all different and it's understanding that it's helping you find what's right for you and I think highlighting as well the reasons behind why you're wanting to go out and date I lost Simon in, in the September and I think the following May I entered the world of online dating and I think I went on my first date in, in the June and that was, that was quite quick, really. Um, but I know people that have done it quicker. Um, and when I look back on reflection, I was definitely trying to fill a void. I was trying to escape my grief. I was trying to find um, a, a connection, a, a way out of being a grieving widow and a solo parent. You know, I wanted to feel like a woman that was alive and could have fun, you know? And I think we, we need, we need those. We need them so desperately in our moments of despair of like, am I still in there? Am I still able to have fun, to be me, to feel like a normal woman that has needs and wants and desires, as opposed to somebody that is absolutely heartbroken and devastated. Um, but like I say, it's not for everyone at, at different stages of their journey. So I think when, it doesn't matter when, it, it just matters as to, you know, when feels right for you and why are you doing it? A lot of people will say, you know, make sure that you are absolutely cured <laughs> of your grief. Like you are through it. You are in a much better place. I don't think we ever get to a place where we're, cured or we've worked through it I, I believe that grief is is a companion for life that doesn't mean it's going to be heavy and painful for our lives it evolves and I certainly have learned to carry my grief far more lightly and I remember Simon with far more love than pain now but it's still grief I still miss him I still grieve for him and I still love him so you know when they say we'll wait till you're through it there isn't an end point to it I but I, I kind of understand the notion behind waiting until that raw pain has gone and I get it because I sometimes think well if you go out dating then you're involving somebody else and if they become attracted to you or they start to have deep feelings for you and that's not what you're going to be offering them and that's not fair on them. But there's no guarantees of anything in life anyway. Um, I think it's just being conscious of what you're doing. I think if you are incredibly lonely in your grief, if you want a bit of escapism from your grief, you might have a real increase in libido. And I've spoken to this a lot. They refer to it as widow's fire. Um, they talk about it quite openly in, in some of the groups over here. I don't know about in America if, if that term is used, but certainly it's used as widow's fire, where you have a real increase of libido. You really do crave that intimacy with someone. And I think it's acknowledging that you may have that and actually consciously knowing what it is you're looking for. Are you going out to look for the next Mr. Right? Are you wanting to go out and find someone, friends with benefits type thing? Um, no strings attached. Just kind of really think about what it is you want so that you can maybe meet someone that might be on the same path or just at least be honest. However, sometimes you might go out looking for somebody on a very 
relaxed kind of basis. However, feelings can evolve and grow and things change. So it's kind of having an open heart and an open mind to these things as well. But, you know, if you want to just go out and have some sex, that's okay. You know, no, no one's going to tell you off. Um, just be careful, obviously. And, you, you know, it's, it's kind of letting people know where you are letting people know what you're doing and and just being wary especially on the internet because it you know there are people out there with questionable morals um and it's hard to filter them out um over a picture and, and a few words on on a dating site um Guilt is a huge one, isn't it? When it comes to dating, um, we feel like we're being disloyal because in our minds, we still feel like we're married. So how do we understand that actually we're not married? We've, you know, we are no longer in a relationship with somebody. We are free. We are able to do that. And I sometimes, for me, I think on my journey, the way I've had to get used to different ways of thinking is by kind of a new way of being so almost going out and going on the dates and doing the thing because then it it feels more natural whereas if you never do it it's you never going to feel natural and normal about it because it'll always be taboo and I can't do that and that feels really wrong so for me I feel sometimes you've got to do the thing to allow yourself to see that you're not being disloyal. It doesn't take anything away from you. You're still going to love and miss your person so very much. And they're going to be a part of your, your journey and your life forever. Um, so, you know, guilt is complex. It is a companion of grief. It's there for, for most people most of the time. And it's just giving yourself permission. You know, you are allowed to live. You are allowed to go out and get curious about building another relationship with someone, meeting new people, being intimate with someone again. It doesn't take anything away from you. And I think sometimes we feel that we very worry very much about what other people think. Um, will they judge us? Will they think that we're over our person? Will they think it's too soon? Will they think it's too long after our person died? At the end of the day, people are going to think things about you, whatever you do, whether you meet someone after six months and they think it's too soon or it's six years and they think it's been too long and you're pining for your partner. People are always going to have a, an opinion because that's what people do. We judge and you know, there's few people out there that can hand on heart say they never do. I think what it's about learning to do is catching yourself in, in those judgments and assumptions that you make and asking yourself, is that fair? Is it fact? Is it the truth? Do I know everything I need to know to make that judgment? But, you know, we have to learn to live our lives for us, for ourselves, and not based on what we believe other people think we should be doing or shouldn't be doing, because it's actually none of their business. It's none of our business either what they think of us. We just have to be true to ourselves and follow our instincts. Like, you know, we, we have all the answers. We know the way through this. We know what our next step should be. But we're often so clouded by other people's judgments, where other people's expectations, our own expectations, our own judgments on ourselves, actually, that learning to free ourselves from those, because essentially they're chains around our necks that we don't need to have there. We're allowed to go out and date at whatever time, pace. We want to do that. And actually, 
I think we learn a lot about ourselves and our relationships with other people. So by going out and finding other people, you start to, to learn about what it is you think you might want or not want in a relationship moving forward. Because, you know, you, it's not that you want to replace your partner. People say, never compare, never compare your loved one that's died to your new partner. And that's all fair, fair and well. Being realistic, I, I don't know that I've ever met anyone that doesn't do that. Um, and actually comparison sometimes can be a good thing because for me in my own new relationship, I, I, you know, I, I don't compare often, but I do look at the value Andy brings to me in my new relationship now that Simon didn't. But then I also acknowledge what Simon bought that maybe Andy doesn't. And, and then it's, it's kind of just acknowledging that and being grateful for what you get and what you've got in those things and, and loving your people for what they, they bring um, and, and focusing on that rather than, oh, he doesn't do this. You know, my loved one did that um, because it, it's not fair. And actually, we're different people and we have different wants and needs. We're at different times of our lives. and we are going to want somebody for different reasons than we wanted somebody for when we met our, our loved one. So, you know, it's not wise to advise to, to, sorry, it's not wise to compare. It doesn't achieve anything, but saying don't do it is, is that realistic? Um, it's kind of a, maybe acknowledging more when you are doing it. And just noticing what was good, what is good about both. Because ultimately, that's what we've got to try and do in life, isn't it? Just look for the good in everything. Um, we can all spend a lot of time focusing on what isn't good and what we haven't got. Um, but I think it's good practice to, to look at what we have got. It's very difficult building a new relationship with someone and learning to love two people. So I think, you know, we really do have to give ourselves the, the, the time and space that we need to, to do this. It's not easy. It's not a quick fix meeting somebody else. It doesn't solve all your problems. It doesn't make life magically better. And it really is learning to understand that you've got to make space for both people in your life, one that's here in the physical sense and one that isn't. But also finding somebody that respects your loss and your love for your person and, and doesn't feel threatened or jealous of, of what you had and it causes problems in the relationship. Um, I did date a few people that found that very difficult and, and some will say that they think it's better to date a widow because there's this understanding, there's this knowing. I personally found that quite difficult because I had to make space for two people's grief and I didn't have the capacity to do that. Um, so for me, that wasn't so great, but I know for others, you know, two widows coming together can feel amazing because there's an understanding, there's a knowing in that again, it's different. It's different for everyone. There's no right or wrong. For me, I think it's just so important to find somebody that does respect your loss, your person, is curious about it, allows you that space to love and to grieve um, and, and doesn't, I guess, kind of turn it into a problem. 
because you don't want that you know it's it's not that somebody's got to live up to somebody else's memory I suppose I think it can feel very much for the person you're dating that they've got to fill somebody else's shoes and you're not trying to replace them it's not about that we all know it's not about that but that's quite hard for the person to understand so I think communication is really important being honest with someone about what you're feeling what you're thinking what you need in any given moment what your grief looks like what it feels like and talk about your person and not just in a they were amazing way but in a real way because none of us are perfect perfect doesn't exist and our person was perfectly imperfect and they had annoyances and irritations and bad habits and for me I think it's just important to keep our person real in the real sense not in a they were an amazing person sense because it can make somebody else feel very inadequate Um, and I think it's already quite a difficult process for both parties to to go through it's also quite difficult for children if you're dating and and you've got children um, because especially for me I created a real bond with my girls and we became quite a tight unit and I dated for a while and then actually I got fed up with it so I stopped dating and I decided to just be myself work on myself be with my girls and it was amazing we did amazing things together and and we were a tight unit and I was less distracted and I was working on me and then Andy came along unexpectedly and I wasn't looking for it and I wasn't even sure I wanted it but he was such a lovely kind man but it it unsettled the girls because we had a good thing going. It was the three of us. We were, you know, the, the Sutton three, girl power, all that kind of stuff, um, conquering the world. And it felt good. And I think there was a concern that somebody else coming along, A, trying to replace dad, and B, that we're going, was going to take me away from them. And I, it, it's reassuring people and it's the same with in-laws actually there's a lot of fear around somebody else coming along that they're going to take you away that you know you're going to forget your person that it's not going to be the same there's definitely an element where people need reassurance that you're always going to love your person they're always going to be a part of your life they're always going to be talked about always going to be remembered loved and missed but also, you know, somebody else come along doesn't take that away from it doesn't minimize or diminish anything. It can add a lot of value. It can be a good thing. And yes, it will be different, but different doesn't always mean bad. And reassuring, you know, your children, in-laws that you're still going to have time for them. You still want to spend time with them. And you don't want it to to come between anything. And I always said to my girls, actually, that if I was ever to meet anyone that became special to me, but that they didn't like, they would always be my priority, always. I would not pursue a relationship with somebody that they didn't feel comfortable with, they didn't like, they didn't get on with. To a point, I know children can, you know, sometimes be a bit difficult around these things, but, you know, if it was genuinely not working, then they would be my, my priority. And I think that's just a reassurance people need to hear sometimes. Change scares people. It really scares people. It scares us. It is scary, you know, adapting to new ways of being and thinking and bringing new people into our lives. It's very difficult. 
One thing I would say is when you do go out to the dating world, it's very easy to believe that when your person has died, you are broken. You are somebody that has a lot of baggage, that hasn't got a lot to give. Why would somebody want me? Why would somebody choose me? Um, I've got nothing to offer. I'm on my own. I've got children. I've got to work. Or, you know, all these things we tell ourselves. And sometimes that can lead us to feeling like we've got to settle. Like anyone who comes along and offers us a little bit of attention, we grab it with both hands because we think, oh, somebody's, somebody's interested. But it might not be the right thing. And it's knowing your worth. It's knowing that if somebody is good enough, brilliant enough, amazing enough to capture your attention, then they are lucky because you are amazing with everything that you've been through. The fact that you're going out and looking for love again, the fact that you have an open heart for more love when your heart has been shattered into a million pieces. It just shows what a brave, courageous, wonderful, incredible person you are with such a huge capacity for life and for love and for appreciating what is good in the world. And I think that makes us quite unique. And I think anyone is lucky to be able to share that with us. So don't ever think that you have to settle. Don't ever think that you're not good enough. You absolutely are. You're amazing and you deserve absolutely to be treated with the utmost respect, to feel so much love. It is possible to love again. It is possible to love two people. It's not easy. It's a long process. It takes hard work, a lot of conversations and a lot of honesty, but it is possible to feel loved and safe and cherished by somebody in a different way to how your person did that for you. And like I say, it's different, but different doesn't have to mean bad. It's complex. It can be messy. Um, you, you know, it's, it's not an easy path at all. But al allow yourself, if that's what you feel you want in your journey, and whatever you're looking for, be conscious of what you're looking for, go out, explore, discover, be curious, but always be safe. Always let somebody know where you are. Let somebody know what you're doing. Have somebody to call if you want to get out of a sticky situation. And just, I guess, follow your heart. Your instincts will 100% tell you if something is right or not. And if it is, go for it see what happens, live life, love fully and embrace what could be because it, you know, it is entirely possible to love again when you're ready at your own pace, but it's just doing it consciously, not settling for less than your worth and not settling for something because it fills a void because you're lonely, because you miss someone by all means date, but do the work on yourself as well. Discover who you are at your core. Sometimes what we think we want and what we think we need are two very, very different things. I thought I know, I thought I thought I knew what I needed because I was looking for what I wanted 
at that point in my life. But actually, what I wanted wasn't any good for me. And what I needed looked very different. So it's, again, it's really doing that inner work. Don't ever not do that inner work. Invest in you. Discover what makes you feel happy, what desires you have within you, what goals you have, what kind of life you want to live, what kind of person you want to be so that when you meet someone, they come along and they add value to your life. They're not there to fill an empty hole. Sending you all lots of love as always and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Widow Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today on The Widow Podcast. If you would like to find out more about how I can help you, please visit my website, www.karensutton.co.uk. I would love to help you find your way forward to a brighter future. So get in touch, let's have a conversation and let's help you take back control and find a more positive way through your grief. I look forward to hearing from you.